This is the Eat Sleep Believe Repeat Podcast, your weekly AEW review and breakdown. How's it going, everybody? I am the Duke of Therapists, also known as the Digital Phantom. With me, we got my buddy Charlie. And Charlie, you got you got a new toy, right? Oh yeah. Oh, I don't think that came through on the mic, but if it did, great. If it didn't, uh, there's a light. That, it's a Star Wars lightsaber from Disney. All right, it's one of the goddamn good ones. All right, but. I'm a little disappointed, Charlie, because didn't Disney say they were making actual lightsabers? Like, why is that not what you brought to the podcast? <laughs> Imagine we need to start cutting through trees and fucking chopping nah, up cutting wood. Through, cutting through, uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> so, cutting through the shit of the IWC is what I'd use it for. All right. Um, cut uh, bro, the shit, as Jay likes to say. What do you mean? Don't, we don't get free AW tickets with hamburgers? <sighs> technically were, all AEW tickets are free no i'm just kidding i'm not going to anyway, um, <laughs> and people were actually believing that and that's just that tells you everything you need to know oh i was just saying i was gonna i was gonna make the joke about like you know the people the memes they put on twitter it's like technically hey look uh look uh a new uh gucci watch only costs 25 dollars <laughs> anyway everyone that knows what i'm talking about will be like oh shit he's talking about other podcasts oh shit he's talking about other podcasts oh yeah remember anyway um but yeah, all right. So this chaotic start aside, so just just off the top, I'm not even gonna do my other shittily things as I as I will call them. Uh, my other like bullshit at the beginning of the podcast. First, first things first. I'm the realist. No, anyway, first things first. Um, is that we have predictions that we're doing uh for this week's pay per view double or nothing. We're actually just gonna do them at the end of this because um, we kind of done effed up. And we're not going to have a Ring of Honor review. We might talk a little bit about Super Juniors, but we, we're not caught up on that either. We're, we we fucked up, all right? It happened. We literally talked about this on, like, what, Tuesday, too? Like, we can't fuck it up. We have to catch up on it. <laughs> that night we were starting. We were on the path. What happened? Anyway. DaVinci? DaVinci happened. You're correct. Anyway. um, Felt like proper time. And, like, uh, I... So, yeah, so we will be doing predictions at the end of the show, though. So once we get through everything, um, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll definitely, um, be able to, um, we'll definitely be able to, or sorry, we'll definitely just roll straight into that. I don't know why I was uh, stumbling over my words so much right there. Probably because I was getting texted at the same time. But anyway, um, that being said, though, um, there are a couple orders of business I'll take care of at the top of the show. It's already in the middle of this stuff. Uh, make sure if you give, if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, you might not know. You can follow us both on Twitter. You can follow me at Bane Duke. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E and Charlie at O-Charlie with an X instead of an A. Follow us at Eat Sleep Elite to make sure you start, excuse me, to make sure that you join the wrestling community we're building over there on Twitter. And make sure you follow and or subscribe on whatever podcast platform you happen to be. Uh, you know, listening to this on uh, with the Twitter thing, we will definitely respond to your messages and, and your tweets and stuff like that. If you uh, send us something, because we like to, like I said, build that wrestling community on Twitter. I don't think I missed Hello, anything. Hello, what have we here? I, I think that was everything, right? Sounded think... flawless to me. Yeah, if I did miss anything, you know, make sure you let me know. And uh, there's not a comment section, so you can't. So sorry. <laughs> that being said, it's favorites time. Uh, it's an even number. By the way, this is our last um, normal episode of. Season two of our show, uh, if you guys don't know, we refresh it after uh, Double or Nothing. That's kind of the restart of our show. So we're going on three seasons now of Eat Sleep Elite starting next week. So that's going to be fucking cool. Kicking us off. He's been kicking us off one way or the other uh, the past few fucking months at this point. Orange Cassidy defeats Kyle Flesher 
Fletcher to retain the AEW International Championship. I, I think at this point, I've run out of great things to say about what this title reign has done for Orange Cassidy, what this title reign has done for this belt, and just how great it's been to look forward to this weekly on TV. Orange Cassidy as uh, international champion, is this going to be our last defense uh, as, in a singles match? It might be. Going to, at the end of the show, you know, we're going to be doing those predictions, and who knows where we're lying. There's a lot of people he's got to be face. Not Lions or Lannisters. Fuck a Lannister. Fuck the Lannisters. But the match, I mean, I thought Kyle Fletcher looked absolutely fantastic in this. And in a, in a way, it was kind of opening day for Kyle Fletcher as Aussie Open has been announced to be all elite. Holy shit. We've been glazing these guys up for all fucking year. And now, Garrett, they can officially become our AEW Tag Team of the Year. Because guess what, motherfucker? They're AEW now. Oh, yeah. We're doing the so, I'm, I'm Tony Storm style. I'm totally there. It's so, not even going to be close. Now that they're AEW, they're, nobody's catching up to them. What, what no, are they going to do? And they might not even be another, a tag team for another seven months. But no one's going to catch what they've done in the first five and the next seven. And if they do, fuck yeah, I'm here for it. Oh, absolutely. They have time. Other teams could do it. The Blackpool Combat Club, especially if Wheeler and Claudio, like, say, like, become a little more regular yeah. tag, uh, which they just have been kind of inconsistent with that. But Or or if Danielson and Moxley start tagging again. You know what I mean? Like Exactly. And yeah. so, so about this match, kind of the story of it here was Fletcher was honestly in control. I'd say like 80-20. He, he kind of ran this show, whether it was his big fucking power slams that he does. And you know, Mark Davis was traditionally always the heavyweight. He was the traditionally the singles guy in Australia. And then they became a tag. I mean, he's a former heavyweight champion in Australia. And now you become this tag. And I just thought it, it, we're seeing a rise of Kyle Fletcher as a single star that I think we're going to really enjoy for the next few months. And by the time Mark comes back. Who knows where, where Kyle will be as a star to even raise their group even more. And dare I say this, but, you know, I think AEW now, we can safely say, has four of the top five best current tag teams right now. And that's the Lucha Brothers, Aussie Open, FTR, and the Young Bucks. I'll give the fifth, I'll give the fifth to the Usos just because what they've done the past couple years, especially, it's just been on another level for, uh, for what they've been doing. But... Uh, <laughs> Are you kidding me? The rich get richer. So uh, what are your thoughts on this match? And then I got to know Aussie open signing with AEW. This is, this is not something I thought we'd Wait, wake this up is, and see um, this week. It's an exaggeration. It's the biggest signing all year so far. Is that fair? Like Ty Valkyrie's pretty up there. Was that this year? I think right? a, yeah. it's close. I mean, it, for different divisions, Jay white and, and Aussie open are both. Jay White's really probably going to have it for a while, but Aussie opens almost these. Like, that's kind of like the tag team equivalent of a Jay white though. If you're talking they definitely about got the like, best tag stuff team from new Japan right now, right now. like he yeah. was on top of their singles for, up until he left recently, even when he was in his match with Eddie, I think that might have been a bigger match for a lot of the people that watch New Japan than some put of the over Eddie and put show. over Haiku Leo on his way out. I mean, that's what he does. Yeah, so I mean, for this match, like you said, you mentioned that um, you were saying like Cassidy was mostly the one that had a lot. Of, sorry, excuse me, that um, Fletcher was the one that mostly had the offense in this match, and Cassidy was mostly selling. Um, what I liked about that was it wasn't just like he was getting beat up, though. It wasn't like a squash or anything like that. 
what it was was Cassidy, who is now on his 23rd defense, 24th defense, whatever it is at this point, like 27,376 defense. You know what I mean? Like, like he is now fighting like a wounded animal. I mean, and you can like go back and watch the first like 45 seconds of this match, which is when I wrote that down in my notes and see exactly what it was that made me write that down because yeah. it's, it's literally what he was doing. He was trying to win with anything he could, you know, anything he could use to pick a win, a roll up, uh, you know, a, a quick orange punch out of nowhere, a, a mind game with the, you know, putting his hands in the pocket, stuff like that. He sold the shit out of Kyle's half and half suplex. I mean, just like, it's like there was two specific moments i thought fletcher might have had it and that's that that's a testament of how great orange cassidy oh and kyle we which i always talk about we've been watching enough kyle singles matches recently that we've been noticing this in his singles run that he's had sort of small run singles recently that he sells ridiculously well which he always did in aussie open but you know like we always talk about tag team wrestling and singles wrestling two completely different animals you know um and Fletcher sells super well especially like when they did the uh I mean either pick um pick either I should say of the uh Tilt World DDT uh yeah. spots that they did throughout the match and Kyle sold the fuck out of both of them I mean I remember when we were watching this match live because for some reason like we never watched Dynamite live together even though we totally could have I mean for some reason I mean sorry I should say for some reason in some instances you are watching with other people so I get that but um like the last couple weeks we just it's worked out we've been able to watch it live and while we were watching this match i just know we were both like popping for like basically everything they did because i mean this was uh, charlie is there anything better to open your dynamite with right now than the aw international title defense better starting with this then i'm sorry the shit we started with last week yeah it was short and sweet but still dynamite should start with wrestling um now i will say this unlike last week and within the first 10 minutes, you kind of felt the, the quietness of this crowd. Uh, whereas last week, they were fucking ravenous the entire show. And you really felt it in fucking Rampage. Whoa, that place must have cleared. But besides that, yeah, you you genuinely, right now, cannot start Dynamite better than here in Jane. That's 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 the way I feel. There's nothing that would make me happy. It, it feels dynamite. like a very much a. It should become a fabric of dynamite or like whichever show he becomes a part 17th. of. Like I don't know if he's gonna be, he's gonna be on Collision, right? Uh, I don't know, correct? but I'm just just like Collision on the 17th. We we needed to start either show he's on, bake uh, it into the fabric of the Punk. opening of that show because I love it. It makes me feel like we have a consistency, and even if it's gonna be a different champion, you know, just have Orange Cassidy to be your opening match. You know what I mean? Like I, I just I love it. You know what I mean? He's just he's, he's he gets it. He gets it, yes. 100%. So, um, moving on from that, what was uh, what was your yeah. favorite this week? I might, may, I might have stolen, uh, stolen your thunder with some Orange Cassidy here. But, oh, 100%. Uh, I mean, I actually but, chose uh, to go a different direction last week because I've been so on Orange Cassidy, and I just wanted to give some other people some love on the pod, you know what I mean? Um, and so this week I'm doing the same, not just because I didn't have the choice, but I mean, I I might've picked this match anyway, just because I was thinking about it. And I was like, I really actually enjoyed this match. I wish it could have been more because of course, you know, anything on dynamite or anything on rampage is going to be a little bit less than what it could be on like a pay-per-view, obviously, because I don't have the infinite time to just give it or whatever. Right. So, but I really enjoyed the uh, AW house rules match. The house of black took on AR Fox, Blake Christian and Metalik, which is one of our favorite new trios um that uh sprung up recently in ring of honor but apparently this is the first time they've ever teamed together yeah um glad you brought that up that was uh, that should not have been the call there 
I, that, that was in AEW. Technically, it's true, but yeah, it is true. I, I, but they the way they framed it was they're taking advantage of the second rule of it can be any three guys. Technically, because they're not even. I mean, are they officially listed as a team in Ring? No, they're not officially not. listed so, as a team. So that's, but they so just, that's fair. I mean, it's fair. It's it's. I'm sure on a it's one of those things you could have just not said and avoided, but I yeah exactly I it's it's yeah. little things sometimes I get a little stuck on and on a technicality standpoint in AEW they have not teamed together. There's no reason you'd ever believe they'd team together, but we just formed a friendship and a trio of these guys on Ring of Honor about two months ago, and regardless, we haven't touched it since the pay per view. But I, I they're trying to put over that second rule. I get it. I. I I'm not going to get hung up on it. Didn't ruin the match for me. Did, I don't even care about it. But I was like, really? That's the. Uh, I don't know. You could have literally just replaced uh, Blake Christian with Zach Clayton, and you know, same idea here. <laughs> yeah, I know. But <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, hold on. Let me clear my throat. But you obviously don't want to. This is the team they want to go with. They want to keep this team getting reps. Obviously, it's speaking of this team. Uh, Blake Christian is obviously. I mean, PWG last year. Everything he's done on the indie scene last year as well, as well as this year. Like, Blake Christian is, I think, genuinely one of my favorite indie wrestlers. That is, is he officially signed to anything? I know he signed to Ring of Honor. He's but... the Ring of Honor AW tier deal. <sighs> Get him under contract, Tony. Come on. Anyway, um, you signed AR Fox. Come on, bud. Anyway, um, sign the rest of his team. You, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, the aura created by the lighting and the entrance that, uh, which is what I really wanted to hit here from the House of Black and the, just the, the uh, atmosphere that was created. That's the word I was trying to find in my notes when I was writing the other day. I couldn't find that word for some reason. Anyway, it came to me now, but um, it makes me think that this title run is actually going to be like insane. This might be like your trio's versions of your Orange Cassidy title run with the international here, you know? Yeah, I have no reason to believe right now that this title is going anywhere anytime soon. Lo and behold, they lose it two days, but you know, um, but I, no, I, I genuinely not nah, the, the acclaimed absolutely do not need that. Which I'm I'm, by the way, I'm glad we got that confirmed. On uh, yes. I know I'm jumping ahead here, but I'm glad that they kind of sort of softly confirmed that with the promo on on Rampage this week. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think I think right now my guess is on the 17th we have a big match for this title. We're gonna I don't know what what trio we're getting for it, but it's gonna be something that CMFDR. Makes a, it could be. I'm I'm guessing Bullet Club Gold. We get our third member of Bullet Club by this point, and you're gonna get like a really big high. All right, hear me out. Match. Hear me out. I know. I know this is gonna sound wild. Here's your third Bullet Club Gold member, El Fantasmo. That would make it would work for me. He he believes that Jay White was the best Bullet Club leader. He hates Finley. I I'm gonna toss something a little different because. And, and this is something I, you know what I'm about to say because I've said it before to you. I think it's I think Powerhouse Hobbs really needs to get a like. I could see him joining a big group like this. I thought maybe Mogul Affiliates, that didn't happen. We we've even talked about fuck it, just bring back Team Taz. That's not happening. Sticking him in Bullet Club Gold with Juice and Jay, he'd fit so fucking well as their big heater. And he's more than just a heater; he's a fucking world champion level talent. So you know. I don't know. It, you could name a hundred people that could go in that spot. You could even pick someone from normal bullet club, bring over Chris Bay, bring over ACE, you know, but yeah, I think, I do think we're going to get a big feud for that title featured on collision. 
because they were the trios champion. They they were like front and center on that poster with like nine other people. So yeah, that's a good sign. But um, I'm with you. I thought the match was perfectly fine. Uh, the lighting in the crowd, it was beautiful. It adds to this element that they've been going for. And can, can we talk about just how good AR Fox Yeah, they, is? they just got to let Malachi Black cook more. This guy let, let is just more, creating yes. like a, a, a completely different style of artistic expression through wrestling. Like Kenny's the artist, right? That's what everyone says. Oh, Kenny's an artist. Shinsuke is an artist. Now this motherfucker is an artist. He's he's doing something different that you, that we really don't see. Um, what did you think of uh, – there, there was a combo here I thought was really interesting. Metalik, when he was going one-on-one with Brody King, Metalik was kind of playing up as a big guy. Oh, yeah, we noticed. He's been putting on some weight. Yeah, I think I think he, they're going to try and play him as bit? a heavyweight in Ring of Honor, I would hope. You okay, know? okay. and Because and, he, he – I believe when Brody went, went for his corner slam, Metalik didn't drop. So – they're even treating him as a big guy. And then I've, I'm pretty sure he went for it again. Hey, if that's your big guy, him, but... big lucha guys and tag teams that are randomly assorted like that do well. I'm not even kidding. We'll get into another big guy that did really well on Rampage. But yes, that's that's it for our favorites. Um, we don't have an insane amount of news. And one of these things is quite literally fresh off the press. So let's get to that right now. Jordan Grace. She is uh, finishing up with Impact Wrestling for the time being. So about an hour ago, Fightful Select posted about that Jordan Grace is now a free agent. Her deal was set to expire right. in May. I'm we hitting you with a prediction. She's exiting the company, and she's going to take a little time off from pro wrestling to work on some outside projects, but she's not done with wrestling. So probably like a month or two, right? Is okay. what you say? Well, my prediction is probably going to be invalid then, but I mean, they could still do this, and then like, she takes a couple months off too. anyway and just not show up right away, although that would be a little yeah. bit weird. But it could 100% be a smokescreen. That's true. That, that's also fair. Actually, I didn't even think about that. But we might get Jordan Grace announced on Double or Nothing. That could happen. Uh, they did that with uh, Jay White and with um, uh, Swerve, you know, I believe. Uh, Jay White was on uh, – I'm sorry, Jay White. Uh, no, I think Jay, White. It, uh, uh, Jay Lethal. Was it Swerve and Athena maybe? Uh, Athena might have been as well. Either and way. one of them was on a Ring of Honor pay-per-view as well. They, they've done this a couple of times with signings like where they bring in a person and they're like, yeah, no, this person's here now. And then they – so, if if they want to do that on Double or Nothing, I would be 100% okay with that. Agreed. Agreed. I think it would be a nice fit and uh, a welcome surprise, too. I think or, fit- this might be the smarter move. Save it for Collision. Make Collision even bigger. Yeah. Then she could work some Ring of Honor, too. I, she'd fit really well with that division. Her, give me her versus Mercedes, her versus Athena. Her versus Athena could be fucking awesome. That's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, if you're going to put her anywhere, I don't know if I necessarily want, not that Rampage is going to be the B or the C or the D show or whatever, because I think it might ultimately end up being a Ring of Honor pants. Oh, yeah, out, it might you know? be like the D show. But uh, you could have her wrestle. They they have good matches on current Rampage, which is like kind of a D show in terms of quality at this point. So, you know, I mean, eh. And then kind of our last bit of news here, and then we're going to get to the results and predictions. Just this uh, Tony Khan kind of media call. Um, I'm just going to hit some things, maybe give a quick reaction if it, if it's worth it. And then we'll kind of go from there. So, um, people asked him about a brand split. He wouldn't give a firm answer. He said he wants fans to wonder what is going to happen with the roster and is excited to eventually follow up on that question. Um, the reason I'm reading that is I, I, I'm kind of scared. He's even entertaining this idea. Uh, 
if if they try and say that we have a collision and a dynamite roster, it's that's going to be something I'm, I'm I'm just straight up honest. I'm not going to like it at first. It's going to have to win me over. I do not want a hard brand split, but you know, someone had to ask him. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I hope it's just but I mean the problem I mean, is like so uh, what are we the alternative is what WWE does which is no brand split but everybody's allowed on both shows but technically they're not allowed on both shows because of contractual obligations that they signed yeah, into yeah. words like, recently. Have guys work whatever show that works best. Plan this shit out about 3 4 weeks in advance and have backup plans like like you normally do. Like you just got to add two more hours to that. Um Okay, running. Um, here it is. Uh, they asked him about running collision on Saturdays because this is something you and I have talked about. Khan said Saturday nights are the best event nights for live shows and selling tickets. He said they have to do something special and make it destination viewing, and believes they have plans in place to do so. Saturday night might be a great live event. I don't know how well it's going to do in. Uh, to be honest with you, it doesn't really hurt them that much, ultimately, overall. I mean, so anyone that works in television will probably tell you I'm crazy for saying this, but all I mean is that if you don't have any real competition on Saturdays because it's viewed as a dead day, I mean, then you have no competition. So he's going to get absolutely What are you winning, right? It's like, I won the I won the 19-meter race. Like, yeah, great job. Yeah. Uh, you know, I bet I bet some kid could win against you if he just... if it, you, have, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not a very long distance that you ran, you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, he said Sabu won't be a regular on AW programming, but could make future guest appearances after Double or Nothing. He mentioned that he and his father saw Sabu in an ECW arena when he was 13, and his father texted him after seeing Sabu on Dynamite Wednesday. Um, well, that's pretty cool. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. You know, Sabu's racism aside. Sabu happened on Dynamite, right? So we actually haven't even got into that. But yes, they asked him about that. So this was clearly after Dynamite. Um... They asked him about Double or Nothing on the same night as Battleground. He didn't really care. He said it's an unethical move, but, quote, the other side has acted unethically in the past. In fact, they added it the same day. Okay. this is There's there's two of them that really stuck out to me. I saved them for last. Khan said that with the addition of Collision, he wants more people helping out with creative. He mentioned QT Marshall, Pat Buck, Jerry Lynn, Dean Malenko, Madison Rain, Sarah Stock, BJ Whitmer, and Will Washington are those who can who will contribute on a creative perspective. He also said he's been leaning on Brian Danison a lot more lately. So it sounds like made up of a majority of wrestling personalities slash wrestlers, they have a writer's room now. Yep, uh, slash all the guys that have been producing the matches. We've recently covered how they brought Sarah and Madison in to help with the women's division. In the backstage stuff, all of the all of what we're seeing, so Jerry, Dean, and BJ have pretty much all been there since the beginning. And QT, Pat Brook, they bought in last year. Will was pretty recent, and then Rain and Sarah were fairly recent to be coaches and producers. Tells me he's not just it's not just a Tony show anymore. He's going to take pitches from other people and try and keep shit in line. And let's be clear. Well, we haven't agreed with everything. The Tony show has been pretty fucking good. So now that we're getting oh, the Tony plus all these other people's perspectives and, you know, lived experiences and what they like in wrestling, I mean, this show can only get better. Yeah, I'm really excited to see, like, it, Will and, and Danielson especially. So, okay. 
this is the big one to me. I mean, I'll double check at the end here. But Tony Khan said he is confident. Keyword there, confident. They will get wrestlers from stardom for Forbidden Door. Oh, that makes me fucking happy. We, how many times have we talked about this? It's been my biggest point of contention with this year's Forbidden Door is that if it wants to feel bigger and better, like he wants it inevitably to do, because Tony Khan's a big is a big show man. He likes to put on a big show. He's a very showy person. Obviously, we yes. like, wouldn't be doing this, you know. And he wants to one up himself always. Every year he wants to outdo the previous year. Even if he doesn't do it, he's like, "We're going for it next year. We're going to have a bigger show. It's going to happen." That's why All In was announced like four months in advance because he wanted to give himself as much time to plan that shit out as possible and make sure it's the biggest event it possibly can be. I believe that he's been working on this for a while and it's just been complicated, especially with how complicated I'm sure the relationship between Stardom and New Japan is, you know what I mean? And how that has to work that with within. And now New Japan probably feels a little weird. Like, are you just trying to be friends with us so you can we, you can get to Stardom? No, okay, no, you're actually friends with us and you just happen to want to work. Oh, okay, you know. Yeah. Like, hey, Bushiro doesn't care. They're all owned by the same person. They don't care. They're all owned by the same group. Make Make them money, right? Um, I mean, you know, that's that's honestly probably what it took was just for someone in the higher higher ups over there to just hear, oh yeah, they want to use both of our people. Yeah, go ahead, let them. You know, we it. have a good relationship. Try and get them over more in America. It's honestly huge, right? Um, I lied. give me Julia. Call me Darth Vader because I lied. There's there's two more things I want to touch on here. Um, they asked him about commentators for Collision. Con complimented Vader Scott and said he's got some names in mind that people might find surprising. Veda Scott, as, as we know, she's she used to do Dark uh, during the pandemic, and she does – it's New Japan Strong now, right? So that makes makes sense to me. I've also pretty, heard her do it over a lot of independent wrestling. She's pretty good. I, I, I like Veda Scott. She's good. And we obviously like – you know, Veda Scott comes over. I mean, and that just only increases our chances of getting Mike Bailey, right? Yep. I'm throwing it out there right now. My dream commentary team for Collision is a two-man group. It's not going to happen. Uh, but it is Nigel McGinnis and Kevin Kelly. They're going to have three people no matter what. So if you want to give me a third, give me Caprice. Give me Veda Scott. Give me uh, Samoa Joe on commentary. Well, he's not wrestling. I don't care. Samoa Joe. But I would love that. Veda Scott. That'd be awesome. People we might find surprising. I, I, I know I'm looking through a tunnel vision here. But that, to me, that screams Kevin Kelly. That would be surprising. But... I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little optimistic there. He said, uh, Tony Khan said he suggested Willow Nightingale for the New Japan Strong Women's Title Tournament. And as we covered, she won that tournament. He praises her for her performances at Ring of Honor and AEW. Willow, Willow. We love Willow here. And then he did not provide broadcast oh, details for All In, nor the information about All Out's following week. Again, I think they're probably still trying to iron out All In. and Or they're just, you know. Max don't put it do don't sports. put it out of your heads the idea that they could push all out back by a month by the way that that that's 1000 percent within the cards i know everyone wants to have a giant all out couple of weeks it it's probably not going to be that crazy i seriously doubt it you know it would be could you imagine the build-up to that i mean we'd literally be using collision and dynamite to the max extent to book two of the biggest shows not well one is their biggest show ever and the second one is a very important I mean, if thing. All In is huge, then All Out's going to do massive numbers. That would just have yeah. to work out that way, I would think. So here we go. Um, Ring of Honor, we're going to get you the results. Obviously, we're not going to spend too much time on the matches because I haven't seen them yet myself. So 
But uh, I figure, just in case people only follow along for the results because they don't watch themselves, and they're like, hey, I'm interested in what's going on. I will fly through the results for you, and then we'll get into Dynamite Rampage and predictions. Mark Briscoe defeated J.D. Drake. Um, There's a world title, ROH world title proving ground match. Claudio Castagnoli defeated Serpentico. Kira Hogan defeated Vert Vixen. I love seeing uh, Vert Vixen, again, being used more. I'm down with that. Kyle Fletcher defeated A.R. Fox. That's a big singles win. Willow Nightingale defeated Hyun. The Kingdom defeated Mac Attack. So Mac Attack, Ninja Mac, and Willie Mac is officially a tag team. Mercedes Martinez defeated Dream Girl Ellie. Ashley Diambois defeated Daniel Camella. Rocky Romero defeated Titus Alexander. Very excited to see Titus on Ring of Honor. But can I just say, it feels like I basically booked the Ring of Honor women's division. I, these are all the people I've been asking for. They literally are. I mean, literally are. And that's no bullshit. People that have been following along know that. This is something I can't wait to see either. Stu Grayson and The Righteous teamed up and won a trios match. Shane Taylor, who who was out there with Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake, defeated Tracy Williams with Rhett Titus. ROH Women's World Title Proving Ground match. Athena defeated Promise Braxton. That name doesn't ring familiar with me, but I'm excited to see it. Jalistico defeated Tony Deppen. And uh, I saw a lot of people online talking about how this match was fucking great. Sky Blue defeated Miranda Alize. Darius Martin and Action Andretti defeated the fucking dads. The daddy team. Fuck it. Cole Carter and Zach Clayton. Uh, Blake Christian defeated Nick Camarado. Who the fuck is Zach Clayton? <laughs> Diamante defeated Trisha Dora. Penta El Cerro Miedo defeated Slim J. People are like, what the fuck? Is he still going? Uh, Samoa Joe and Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Christopher Daniels and Matt Seidel. 19 match ROH card. Um, obviously, if any of those like stick out to us, we'll touch on them next week. But uh, I imagine there the are some confused fed heads out there. They're like, why the fuck is Ring of Honor 19 matches? It's because we don't have any dark anymore. It would have been split. It would, Ring of Honor would have been seven matches this week, and there would have been seven matches on dark and five on dark elevation. Like, this, this is not even a joke. Yeah, no. Okay. Let's get into some AEW Dynamite, huh? We cover the opening match. Right after it, Renee Paquette is backstage with Ricky and asked about his disqualification loss last week to Jay White. Ricky was fully aware of his actions and took matters into his own hands. This Sunday, Starks will focus his energy on winning the Blackjack Battle Royal. Starks was then attacked from behind by Juice and Jay White. Juice is screaming. Jay White's beating his ass. Smacked a chair over his back. Said White said Bullet Club Gold is not done making Starks' life a living hell just yet. Bullet Club Gold just screams stars to me. Wait, the Blackjack Battle Royal? Oh, shit, I forgot to book you in something Battle Royal. Yes. We got like four fucking feuds in this thing. It's kind of weird, but you know what? That's, yeah, interesting. They they definitely heard the complaints of too many matches last year. So I'll give them that. I'll give them that. Jungle Boy Jack Douchebag. No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Jungle Boy Jack Perry's backstage. Jungle Bitch. Jungle Bitch. I don't actually hate the guy. It's just, it's funny to play into it because I'm an ass. He's talking about making the drive to Vegas, remembering wrestling with his friends when younger down the street. Just a few years later, his world was turned upside down, going to double or nothing. Can I say, though, this promo um, was fucking terrible. 
Oh, it was. The ring gives him purpose and allows him to be a man he wants to be. The life he chooses to live come Monday morning. Like, drive I'm home, just going to say, if he wants to hide champion. away from doing promos, fine. I don't need to hear them anyway. I am so sick of the life stories that have been like, it, it's been like, what, what's it called? Uh, life stories. Uh, I'm blanking on the term here, but origin stories. There it is. Of these fucking Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, and Sammy Guevara in this feud. They all cut the same promo in different cloths. And they're fucking horrendous. All right. Had to get that out of the way before we get to the other two. FTR addressed their double or nothing title defense. And actually a really fun segment. Wheeler said it would be easy to uh, say Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal got where they are by politics and wrestling. Truth is, they've outsmarted him every step of the way. Hardwood said Jarrett has broken a million guitars but can't stay relevant. So we attach his name to the greatest tag team in the world. Jarrett thinks he's the head of the tag division. Will be two rejects from TNA. That's not going to happen. After Double or Nothing, Jarrett will have to call the Queen of Mountains for job security. And Dax didn't mean Karen Jarrett. Instead, Dixie Carter. Mark Briscoe came out. Real said he has the right to be made, but not make Lethal and Jarrett make him look stupid. Will said they went to hell and back with Mark and his brother three times. Briscoe asked Harwood what the pile driver meant a few weeks ago. Harwood said it was a mistake and wanted a handshake. Briscoe slapped his ass in the face. I mean, he fucking ringed him in the face. Wheeler tried to make a peacemaker while Briscoe left the ring. As he headed up to the ramp, he shoved Karen Jarrett and Sanjay Dutt out of his way, slapped the piss out of Jeff Jarrett, and told Jay Lethal he's his boy, but he's tired of the bullshit. Um, what'd you think of this segment? And uh, I, I, I gotta tell you, <laughs> I've been loving this. Take me to the farm. Take me here. I don't care. I, I'm enjoying what they've been doing with this program. Yeah, they took a feud on paper you don't care about, that nobody cares about probably, but and everyone probably would not want FTR to be doing this. But And you made me actually care about it. You took two guys that everyone considers to be mid, and you made them into an actual storyline that people can get, get invested in. I bet there are people that are going to see Double or Nothing, that are the, not for this match, but they're going to see this match and be excited for it. Very well put. Uh, Renee Paquette is in backstage with Sammy Guevara. Paquette said MJF wanted to relay a message to him. The offer still stands for Guevara to lay down at double nothing. He said, hell no. He's not for sale. This is his whole life. People wanted to buy him out of his dreams. Guevara said MJF can shove the offer up his ass as he is a man who will take the title from Max. If I was a betting man. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, interesting. Um, we then had our Second match of the night, which we've already talked about, which was the trios. They do a little video recap of the Elite reuniting last week. We go backstage to the Blackpool Combat Club. Danison, tonight's objective is to win the ROH Tag Team titles. However, the objective on Sunday is to end the Elite. Moxley said the BCC does the job the way it's supposed to be done. There's no one in this business better than they are at stepping up to the plate when it counts. The BCC will deliver on Sunday in a storm of violence. They will stay calm and show the world the difference between professionals and amateurs. Not to harp on the guy even more, but you take what John did here and compare it to what Jungle Boy was doing. Which one do you believe more? And I think that's the the point that we try and get across sometimes with uh, some of the promos and backstage segments we get is, look at what John did here. I bet a light breeze can blow Jungle Boy over. But but how John Moxley here just... I was I was literally buying every, I thought this motherfucker was about to go to war. 
Oh, yeah, the John Moxley promo. Yeah, sorry, I was I was still talking shit about Jungle Boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, nah, because you can never stop. I, I you moved straight out of that Sammy Guevara thing way fast. I don't I don't blame you though. Um, and yeah, I mean, John Moxley. Yeah, I think uh, to be honest with you, I'm surprised that it liked the little package and didn't have any real words from the elite because Kenny does a really good promo too. Maybe we'll no, I guess we won't hear anything. Yeah, they didn't do anything on Rampage either. Eh, whatever, I guess you know. I guess they've said just about everything they they can really say at this point on that end. But uh, John Moxley, I think I think a lot of people like I think for some reason him and Danielson just like people don't think of them as good promos for like why I don't know. I genuinely it's, it's have no really idea. weird. I I I see that that uh, that discourse too sometimes. It's like, dude, Moxley's so great at this. He's the whole package. Okay, um, did you guys think we're done with the talking? You fucking kidding me? This is all elite talking. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Am I? The four pillars face off one final time ahead of double or nothing. Um, pretty much MJF walks out, immediately went over to the commentary table, took a ship, ship took a sip of Shivani's drink, threw it in his face. Taz loved it. MJF went to the ring, said it's funny there in Sin City, but it should be called Virgin Vegas. MJF said he wants Sammy Guevara's stung, tongue to get stuck in a light socket. Darby on the climb Mount Everest with the shoelaces tie untied. Jack Parody gets thrown into an echo chamber and have to listen to himself talk and bore himself to death. <laughs> it doesn't get more homegrown than the four of them, though, as the four of them didn't have the cheat code of already having the crowd know who they were when AEW started. Fucking true. The four pillars aren't just a part of AEW. They are AEW. MGF doesn't want to be a part of it anymore, and he's sick of the competition of fans not showing him respect. Have we heard this before? No, I'm just kidding. MJF said Tony Khan knows that his contract is coming up. Have we heard that before? I've, I've never heard that. Are you kidding me? Is this new? So it's not a shock that he's in a match where he doesn't need to be pinned to lose his title. MJF said he might just take his ball and go home since he's earned it and no one else can keep up. While the other three men in the ta- uh, title match are talented, much like everyone in the back, no one is the level of the devil. Darby Allen walked to the ring. MJF demanded his music be cut. Allen said he's lost a lot in his life, but after he graduated high school and working at the 99 cent store, yeah. Um, do you think AEW would let him uh, skateboard with Tony Hawk? MJF kicked Darby Allen in the nuts. Sammy sprinted out to make the save. MJF bailing up the ramp. Jungle Boy came out, ducked a belt shot, and hit him with the clothesline and was holding the title to stand tall. <sighs> Did this build your anticipation for Sunday? Uh, you just I mean, to see the match. Yeah, here's the thing: the match is going to deliver. But I, God, this was uh something. Yeah, definitely something. <laughs> uh, Vignette of Wardlow talking about how he knows Christian as a hit. This is our main event, and that's kind of I don't know. It's weird. I, I'm not like I'm happy the match is happening, but fucking God, the build's been a little weird. This week in particular, I don't know why. No, they went Wardlow. experimental with it and tried to have like a four-way feud, a three-way versus one feud that starts as like an individual thing and then it moves into they're on the same side and then moves out. They're not on the same side anymore. Like, like I, after the Jungle Boy Roosh thing where they were telling that story of MJF kind of, you know, being right and it didn't touch that this week. I mean, maybe they're saving that for the match. You know, that's going to play they, into that. That might be but... what it is. We may have seen the story for this finally start to develop a little bit more, and it's that Jack Perry's going to turn heel and become champion. You know what I mean? But yeah, 
which would be awesome. I'm I'm here for that. You know what I mean? But oh, if they if they take the title off MJF, I I will applaud the balls to do it because I would not do it. No, like, on a heel, do it? Jack Perry with MJF being able to speak for him when we know he's having trouble with promos. I mean, dude, you know what I mean? Like I I. I who could be better at teaching you how to speak than MJF, even if he's only with them for like a month, you know, like, yeah. And then betrays him true. to win the title back or something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You could do something like that. Like maybe because like they decide, maybe because they team up, they have to run this back at the next pay-per-view, not, not forbidden door, but the next AEW show. You know what I mean? And that's how you write the ship is MJF then betrays him. You know what I mean? Like you, you could do that. You could pull something like that. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it'd be good. You know, like can make for a really fun story. And then maybe one of them gets injured on the way up, you know, injured in air quotes, you know what I mean? Like Sammy or something yeah. like that. Or 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 Darby. Darby would make a lot of sense. Like he takes a really big dive and he's just not able to make the match now. You know what I mean? Like that would be and like because he's been oh you could write see this story could not end at the pay-per-view and still be interesting. So I think I think we're just I think we're just twelve weeks into this story and we just need to get the match. That's where we're at. Yeah, agreed. Um Vignette of Wardlow talking about how he knows Christian has a history of ladders, but so does Wardlow in AEW. Arn asks Christian if he can imagine the damage that can be done with Wardlow as a ladder in his hands. They'll find out in four days. Taya Valkyrie defeated Lady Frost. I thought she looked really strong in this match, and she used her finisher. It was good, and I thought Lady Frost in her Dynamite debut, she looked like a worthy competitor. Uh, Jade, Layla, and Mark were kind of standing on the ramp at a certain point, all looking like a million bucks. And yeah, um, a vicious double arm trap stomp to the back of the head pretty much led Valkyrie turning her attention to Cargill. She cut off Frost with a backbreaker, knee strike, and rode out Valhalla for the win. Uh, Lady Frost, someone we've been liking on ROH TV. Would you, uh, any, any notes from I her? I thought she used debut? the time that she was given here well. Um, and I think if she get given an actual match on Dynamite, I don't know, against like, I don't know, Diamante or someone else that's not going to win, you know what I mean? Like, and got a win, I think she could get herself over with the crowd. Yeah, I'd agree. Tony Khan is backstage. Said it's great to be back in the MGM Grand, where it all began for AEW. Khan said collision starts a new, new beginning for AEW. Runs down the dates. He listed for the Canadian tour. Collision will happen June 17th at the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. Right when he says that, the arena, the crowd immediately starts saying CM Punk. I think everyone that's an AEW fan had a breath of fresh air. We needed this moment. We needed Punk out. back. We they needed it to it be we, we needed things to be resolved. He's back. The ho- uh, I'm assuming he's no longer injured. They've they've figured out something. Now, if we can just make sure our, our backstage is, you know, not everyone has to get along, but everyone has to fucking, you know, be work together. That's the best way to put it. I'm I'm blanking on all the fucking terms tonight, but you know what I mean? Be companions. That's not the term. I don't fucking know. Um, I mean, that's what we were hoping for last week, right? We were just pretty much praying it wasn't uh, Daly's place because that... I mean, cool. Yeah, you're going back to your, your your home for a new show, but let's get Punker here, man. You know? Punker, bud. Let's figure this fucking thing out. And uh, it sounds like, from what we're seeing, so now, now since ever since All In, I feel I can see ticket stuff in my feed for some reason, but it sounds like uh, tickets are selling really good for the United Center. So, shout out CM Punk. Alex Marvez is backstage with Hangman Adam Page. Asked about the status of his friendship with Kenny and the Bucks. 
Page said his relationship with the Bucks was always best of friends. Well, he and Omega were different. He said he views them as family, and they find themselves at Anarchy in the arena. They've tried to take his eye, hurt Matt's arm, Nick's shoulder, and somehow cost Omega Don Callis. At double or nothing, the BCC will pay in blood. Pretty good Adam Page promo. We've definitely seen in the two years of doing our show just how much better he's gotten and how much more comfortable he's gotten at cutting different types as of As sad promos. as it is to say, I didn't really – none of his promos except for the ones against CM Punk while he was champion really did anything for me, which uh, – maybe some of the stuff when he was on the way up against Kenny. But everyone else that he worked with, for the most part, he didn't really cut that great of promos. Yeah, so we're starting to see the ascension. I mean, and I really felt it with Moxley. I felt like he's finally – he's got it. He cut some good stuff as champion, but yeah. Could be that our boy Mox might have you know, been like, hey, why don't you say that? Because Mox is very collaborative. I've heard Mox talk about promo. He's very collaborative on promos. So I could absolutely see him sitting down with Hanger and being like, hey, I, I know you're pretty – I know you don't need advice, but just to break the ice. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Um. Adam Do you think Cole, he took that super personally and decided to start like being less of a dick about? I would hope so, right? If the whole internet is being like, oh, "Come I'm on, sure. Anger." Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Adam Cole and Chris Jericho contract signing. Uh, here's the thing. Um, it's a contract signing. The only reason I'm going to give it an okay. Is because A, it's unsanctioned. Every time we've done an unsanctioned match, they No, all right, lose. already DQ'd. What the fuck? It, 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 for an unsanctioned match, you're going to have a contract that was signed. Yes. Excuse me? No, 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 no. Fuck no. AEW's bullshit explanation as to why. No. What do you mean? This is the only reason it makes sense. Is because you have to We're going to sign a contract, yet we're not responsible for any of the... We're going to sign an AEW contract for a yes. match, and yet AEW's not so responsible a- in AEW's any way. Not- okay. Yes, exactly. It law, you would actually legally have to do that if you were doing something like that. If you were having a such a like, I don't even know, a specific fight somewhere else, like you would actually have to, the contract signing makes sense for unsanctioned. And I was going to say it makes sense that the appreciation society. No, what you're saying it. is every other contract signing doesn't make sense. A hundred percent. Yes. Every other contract signing is absolutely fucking dumb. So, <laughs> yes. But it, what I was going to say is. The Appreciation Society is all about sports entertainment. So, of course, they take this trope. However, even if it wasn't them, they've done it in the past for this. Um, God, uh, Adam Cole and Chris Jericho's back and forth was, was not bad. But pretty much, Cole said uh, he realizes that it was going to be five on two. He made a call. Folks, where's the lie? It wasn't Bobby Fish. He called the suicidal homicidal, genocidal, Sabu. Taz couldn't believe it. Self-identified racist Sabu is going to be defending Adam Cole. That's what we like to see. There you go. And Sabu walked to the ring. Cole tossed the chair to Sabu, chucked it right at Matt Menard at the JAS build with Cole Strong and Sabu standing tall. Uh, what? (laughs) I... I didn't see that fucking coming. This is um, a TK thing. He wanted Sabu on an AEW pay-per-view. Let's be real. We've talked about it before. They like the idea of bringing in their legends to get these one little one-offs. And those of you yeah. who have never listened to a TK interview, when like, before, when he was first doing AEW, he was a big ECW guy when he was younger. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's kind of funny. This came out in the same week that Paul Heyman was talking about. He wanted to get that uh, Misawa and... Uh, 
fucking forgot the name. Uh, it was one of the other four pillars match. And uh, he said he, he almost booked him on ECW in 98. <laughs> it's like, whoa, dude. But um, yeah, uh, ECW legend Sabu. I personally, I, I've never really watched Sabu. So it doesn't like hit me as like, oh, fuck yeah. But um, no, I guess cool. Uh, Paul Heyman just fucking knows everything. Huh? He knew about the four pillars before everybody else. Like, because the thing about the four pillars the, of heaven other, is it's what's so goat, awesome about dude. them is they knew at the time they were that good. But it's been in the years since I think that people realized just how good the four pillars of heaven actually were. It was Masao versus Kobashi. He wanted to book that match, and he, he mean, said he, he we watched had that it. match, and my god. He nearly had it for ECW 98 and it just fell through at like the last minute. It's actually, it's literally a hit that came out this week. But, um, yeah, Sabu, uh, seems to have a checkered pass to say the least. Um, <laughs> so I'm assuming this is going to be a one and done. If he even makes it on Sunday, I'm sure he will. But, you know, Brian Kendrick was signed to AEW and then, well, not signed. He signed for a match for AEW on a Tuesday and by Wednesday that match was gone. So, you know, shit happens. I don't, uh, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with this, but I'm assuming, yeah, we'll talk about it in our predictions, right? No need to predict it now. Presumably, yeah. Video package is shown highly into the AW Women's Title Match, double or nothing. Tony Storm is the only reason Jamie Hader won the Women's Title in the first place because of help from Bit Baker. This time, Storm is back up and she will take the title from Hader on Sunday. Cool. We jump into a match right away and. Roger Strong takes on Daniel Garcia. Um, give me your thoughts on this one. What did, what did you think of this match and uh, Daniel Garcia getting chopped in the penis? Yeah, that uh, Dick Choppa. Um, but <laughs> you know, it, um, yeah, bro. Uh, I don't know what the fuck I meant to type. I, apparently, I, I I don't know. Uh, I, there was a, a word that got like mistyped in my notes. But I don't know what I was trying to say, but. Um, Oh yeah, okay. Uh oh yeah, he so he okay, so sorry, I'm so I was reading my notes and I, I it was like a bit a bit of uh like uh what do you call that? Uh now I can't think of the words, damn it, you gave it to me. Um the Dude, uh a, a stream of consciousness in my notes, so I was trying to yes. piece it together. Um but uh so he hit the dance, which we were we were thinking like we were like five minutes of the match, like is he gonna dance? And then he, immediately after you said that he did. Um and then he got hit with the you can't dance chance. And I want to say to that crowd, you can't fucking dance. Daniel Garcia is a much better dancer than all of you. What the? Yo, he's, he's got some fucking serious hip thrusts. He knows what he's doing. My God. That's what, unbelievable that's crowd. Anyway, the penis. this crowd just not winning any. Yeah, he, he, he got chopped in the penis and continued to dance afterward. Anyway, um, it was a short match, but I thought it was really good. Um, I'd like to see this match without. Um, I'm going to say this for a couple of different matches, probably on this. Uh, but I'd like to see this match without time constraints. You know what I mean? And see what they could actually do. Maybe throw yeah. this on a random Ring of Honor. Actually, fuck it. Throw this as the main event of PWG. Actually, yeah, old PWG versus new PWG. Hey, yep. wait, wait, wait. Garcia is the champ, right? Yeah, as far as I know, he still is. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's saying that's yet. that's a good PWG main event right there. Yeah, it is. So I'm with you. I thought it was pretty fine, but uh, time constraints and God damn, man, picture in picture sometimes. It's just it kind of sucks you out. They of hit it. each other hard, though, especially when Roddy hit him in the dick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, They show a video of Willow winning the New Japan Strong Women's title, and they highlight specifically Mercedes Monet in the finals. 
So Mercedes Monet's first time on AEW television. That could totally clickbait some articles, but um, Will said it's time to show the world just how strong she is. And yeah, I guess, you know, we're fans of Willow. So um, I hope other people start becoming fans of her. Mm-hmm. Willow with them thighs like them pillows. There you go. Willow. Will- Remix Jones over here. Uh, Lucha Bros. Pentel Zadamieto. Ray Phoenix with Alex Abrahantes. Defeated the ROH champion Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta to retain the ROH tag team titles. Um, if there was a third favorite for us to pick, uh, this probably would have been both of it for us. This match was fucking really fun and just beyond action-packed main event. A couple weeks ago, Ray Phoenix, Claudio, and the Double Jeopardy match was fucking awesome. And it was no different here. Brian Danielson joined commentary, and he's pretty much thanking the man in the mask for having him. I, I made sure to, to note that. That was brilliant. Um, but yeah. I thought everyone involved looked really good. And again, Phoenix and Claudio, those guys have some magic together. So, yeah. Any other thoughts you had on this? And then we'll touch the uh, little after the bath after uh, in a second. But before we get into that, yeah. what would you have on this uh, match? Good match. Uh, they hit some really, really, really nice chops, palm strikes, whatever you want to call them. I'm not sure which ones they were that were just... I mean, they were like some of the loudest I think I've ever heard. They were just insane. Like, yeah, they were. Um, and we've been watching Super Juniors, and Dan Maloney hits people really hard, but I don't think he hits them as hard as Phoenix does. I've got to be honest with you. Like, is that is that is that an, no? That's not an exaggeration. Give me that match though, please. Anyway, I mean, um, look, Ro- Roderick Strong and and Gunther, Gunther, some of the hardest choppers in the world. Yet I think Phoenix is up there. <laughs> You're not so, wrong, dude. Like, he hits people hard. Like I said, I think it's the palm strikes. I don't even know if it's chops, but whatever it is. Yeah, either it way, hurts. like, he, he, I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of one. Um, But goddamn, uh, really fun match. I would have still liked to have seen, um, you know, Ray Phoenix versus Claudio Moore. But that's just me, you know. Yeah. Hey, no complaints there. And then pretty much after the match, um. Uh, Uden Castanoli hit a rocket launcher. Phoenix kicks out. Abrahantis takes the referee. Lucha Bros hit the fear factor on Uden before Cla- Claudio breaks it up. The Young Bucks appeared from under the ring, held on to the legs of Uden as he was pinned. The Bucks bailed from the crowd. John Moxley and Brian Danison ran to the ring. Moxley took the microphone and said the Bucks can laugh while they still can because a double or nothing they're going to get plastered on the pavement. <laughs> Anarchy in the arena will be the wildest, most violent match in AW history. The BCC will accept nothing less. I got to tell you. I'm a little scared for this anarchy in the arena, Charlie. A lot of times people will say some shit, you know, it's like empty words. I believe what he's saying. The last time Moxley did this before a match, we got the the Texas death match between him and Hangman, which was a five-star match. Anarchy in the arena last year. The fucking, that that moment of Angelo Parker being dangled over the fucking cage. I still think about that. What was it, over the ring post? I mean, dude, holy shit. Um, but yeah, if you're squeamish at the sight of blood, uh, buckle your seatbelts. Because this is going to be fucking... That's going to be your bloody match this weekend. <laughs> okay, let's... Uh... Alright, hear me out, hear me out. We get, we get, you know, Takeshita bailing over to the other side, and that's your fifth, right? I've thrown a couple of other possible fifths for 
uh, for the elite for you. Let's say Takeshita doesn't actually leave the elite. Let's say he actually keeps that, or will they just go with a different person for their fifth, right? For for blood and guts, right? Yeah. I, imagine if Nick fucking Gage was the fifth for the Blackpool Combat Club. Holy hell! I mean, that would be a hell of a move for blood and guts. My God, the pizza cutter himself. Okay, let's hit this rampage. I know a lot of people are going to skip it this week, and for good reason. The acclaimed Billy Gunn defeated Roosh Jalisco and Preston Vance. Um, Max gave, gave his chain to a young guy, a young fan at ringside. I thought it was pretty nice. And yeah, I thought I thought Bowens and Jalisco had some good stuff back to back. Jalisco hits a nice step of Brana. Bowens hit a Famouser. And yeah, pretty much during the match, they announced that House of Black will have an open challenge for the World Trios titles at Double or Nothing. Billy Gunn beat the shit out of Preston Vance with a fucking nice fallaway slam. And yeah, pretty much the heels end up uh, tag teaming Caster. Billy Gunn has it. to get one of those. He probably doesn't have the clout, but if he can somehow get AEW to get him in with one of those companies that does like workouts for like people in the middle, middle age people, he should get one of those, dude. Like, cause he's got some kind of secret, obviously, you know, get him on one of those fitness mags. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> pretty much. Gunn got a near fall on Vance with a Famouser, but Jose put Vance's feet on the ropes to break up the cover. Gunn and Bowens gave him the scissor me timbers. Roosh came back to take out Gunn. Jalisco came in with a springboard code breaker. Bowens hit him with the arrival. Caster hit the mic drop to get the pinfall. After the Mac, Bowens grabbed the house mic and pretty much challenged the house of black for Sunday. Like, I'm not even kidding. Billy Gunn looks better than half of the roster. He looks incredible. Um... Ethan Page and the Gun Club get a squash match. Pretty easy going. I mean, after the match, Page gloated about taking Cassidy out. Cassidy came out with a neck brace. He's not clear, but they found a replacement. It's Hook. So Hook and the Hardys versus uh, the Guns and Page will uh, be the sixth man for the buy-in. So we have a buy-in match. I'm down. Good pop for Hook, even on Rampage. So that's a good sign. Lexi interviewed Dustin Rhodes and Keith Lee about the Blackjack Battle Royal. Rhodes promised he and Lee would eliminate Swerve and Brian Cage, then eliminate everyone else, all for the international title. So, yeah. Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida defeated Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir. I thought it was kind of cool seeing Britt and Hikaru team up. Two of the, uh, honestly, like, <laughs> it's an overused term right now, but pillars of the women's division at the beginning of AEW. Britt Baker was the first signing, and Akaro Shida's title reign really set the table with how great it was. So, but, um, you know, the match was kind of a, a nothing fart burger, essentially. Uh, they look good with you beating up the power that is Nyla Rose. You know, she's, she's your powerhouse of the division, so... I guess whenever you're beating her up, it makes you look strong. Yeah, I think every good little, like every little small good thing that we'd seen in her dark matches that Marina did, uh, they it was in the commercial break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they didn't care. And pretty much the story here is uh, uh, Sheeta hit a spin kick on Marina, and Baker maneuvered her and locked off the pinfall. Really cool pin attempt, actually. If they I, I like Sheeta's new song though. That that was pretty sick. Yeah, the the new gear and new new song and everything. It all looks good. It's a good look for for Hikaru Sheeta going into the pay per view even though she's not on it. After the match, the big screen in the arena pretty much showed the outcast standing over the injured Jamie Hader clutching her arm. 
I got bad feeling about uh, what that could mean for this match. I, um, I, I mean, she's had a decent title reign, right? Well, it's been awesome, but yeah, it's not looking good, especially because uh, we we covered Tuesday. This this is a legit shoot injury. This is not. A, I mean, a Tony Storm on the run of energy that she had when she won the title. Fair enough, right? But yep. Tony Storm on this energy with the outcast backing her up, that's a champion. Yeah, could be, could be. Um, take it away for the main event here. Lee Moriarty and Large William defeated the best friends. And honestly, a pretty fun main yeah. event, I thought. Yep. I kind of hinted at this match a little bit earlier. I'm sure you knew this is the one that I met right away when I said that earlier. I really wish we had this match with less time constraints, man, because this match would be so fun. It was fun as we got it, but it'd be even more yeah. fun. If you threw this match on New Japan, you know what I mean? Like, this match would be insane, you know what I mean? Like, um... And maybe that's something you can do in New Japan because best friends are technically on your roster. I believe, well, not on your roster, but I've technically wrestled over there in the last like year. They are so. a part of chaos. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, they're part of chaos. They're part of one of your factions. Use them, you sons of bitches. But anyway, um, and you know, we, I know you like Big Bill because you used him before with Enzo. And I mean, Lee feels right up your your junior alley. So come on, Obari, where are you? Anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, without time restraints, this would be really super fun. Um, once they got to the commercial break, it, it was a really fun match. Uh, Big Bill hit a really, really nice boss man slam. That might be my favorite, like my, my favorite move that he hits. It's just, it looks beautiful. He just hits it so nicely. And uh, basically, the story of this match was um, at the end. Uh, you know, there was uh, obviously an unhappy Big Bill and Lee Moriarty, and then uh, we had who was it that made the save first? Was it Keith and and uh, um, excuse me, was it naturally limitless? I should say Keith and uh, and Dustin. Or did it come so, out like? Uh, Orange Cassidy's music was the first one that hit. Basically, the Blackjack Battle Royal chaos unfolded after this match, which everyone yep. in, in this match and that was involved in this brawl at the end of the show was involved with. Orange Cassidy's music hit first. Okay, I couldn't even remember. It was a bit chaotic. Um, but uh, I basically, it was Orange Cassidy, Cage, Lee, and Dustin Rhodes, and then it ends with Swerve. Okay. Keith Lee, the, the the thing I wanted to note out of this, Keith Lee's fucking face when Swerve's music hit was just unbelievable like that is a like how is that not a fucking singles match on this pay-per-view i'm like, very sad this this feud is not getting the singles match but it's got to be getting there eventually it. keith lee keeps trying to make it happen just on his own by doing these faces and stuff like that you know what i mean like he's trying but fuck so yeah Maybe we'll get it at like I don't know what's the promotion that Swerve works with over in um in in Washington. That's Defy. Like, maybe we'll get it there. Yeah, maybe we will. So that's it for uh, the normal episode. And as you guys can tell, you might be like, oh, that kind of flew by. Well, it was a little bit of a shorter week for AEW in general because when we don't have a lot of matches, we can kind of fly through the talking and no news. The big part so, was that we didn't review the nineteen match Ring of Honor card, which is uh, that too. That would have probably taken forty minutes in itself. <laughs> if we were doing a good legit. Oh, believe review. me, I would have had. I would have worked if knowing how many matches it was. I was going to be concise in my notes, but I just it never happened this week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get some stuff on them next week. Um, so I guess double or nothing time. So as we normally do, we're actually going to have a little fun here. It's double or nothing. It's time for the official predictions. <laughs> What's going on? No, I'm just kidding. Time. 
him. I just start screaming, what the fuck? All right. So we open up. We got to talk about overall feelings going into Double or Nothing. I'm going to I'm gonna throw this to you first. Where Where is your excitement and hype level based on the card that we've been given by AEW? Where, where are you at right now going into Double or Nothing? I just I just want it to happen already. I'm I'm sick of waiting. Okay. So, so, so that's like a good anticipation level. Or is that like I'm ready to I, I'm on the edge. If some uh, I'll tell you this, if some dumb shit had been added this week, I might have been the other way. Okay. So so do you like that they've kept it a 9 match uh card for the show? I don't know that the 9 10 14 I think I even would have been okay with. I know that sounds like a lot, but like I th- they've done a 15 match card that was only like I think a little under 4 hours, you know what I mean? And I was okay with that. So, and AEW's done 5 hour shows that we watched and liked. So, you know, like I I don't even think length is the biggest problem with AEW. I think um for the actual crowd it might be because not many people can sit through like a 5 to 7 hour wrestling show and like not be like dead by the end of it, you know? Like a new Japan oh, pay-per-view yeah. or something, you know, like um which you know, there are ways you can get around that. Like new Japan just books the show in a way that the crowds get a, like have a natural ebb and flow to it so that there are certain matches where they just take their breaks on, you know what I mean? But like um as weird as that is to say, but it is what new Japan does, you know what I mean? Like um you start to notice it when you watch enough of their pay-per-views you know what i mean um the skippable matches but anyway um and AEW doesn't really have any skippable matches i mean maybe the tbs title for a long time could be could be your skippable match but even in in this case i think it's the one time that it's really not you know what i mean like um yeah because it's the first like legit program she's had for it so going into a double or nothing and i'll i'll actually answer that myself okay my hype level it's not at a 10 I'd say it's probably at like a good eight. So it's very high. It's a very high hype level. I am anticipating some of these matches for a long time. I will say some of them have booked, been booked way better than others, but that's okay. And, you know, we'll kind of talk about the booking of each individual match. <laughs> I can't even know. Yeah, as we get to that card on the, on the program. But yeah, you know, compared to last year's Double or Nothing, I think I was like, unbelievably hyped going into last year but that's because last year i think what we had cm punk versus john moxley right cm punk hangman for the world oh that's right the moxley was all out that's right yeah so i mean we were like unbelievably excited for that with the owen hart uh finals but we know that we're doing owen hart differently this year so but here's the thing aw is going to deliver it's going to be a fun show all seven championships are on the line and let's start this off right with the pre-show so We'll do our we'll do wait, our wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I know we're in the middle of a prediction show, but my brain just blasted something, and it's to do with Uh-oh. the Owen Hart Cup. Charlie, okay. Charlie, 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 Charlie. You know who has a title match at Dominion? Kenny Omega. No, no, he doesn't. Well, yes, I'm but lying. I mean, no. I bet you there is a New Japan Television title match on that show. No, wait, wait. Any other is it's Jeff Cobb. Anyway, um, yep. Zack Saber Junior versus Jeff Cobb. What if Zack Sabre Jr. drops it to Cobber and he enters the Owen Hart tournament? Count me the fuck in. I'm in. So, that'd be awesome. I can't wait till we get in. That's going to be my favorite thing. Is post-double or nothing and pre-fucking Canada talking about uh, Owen Hart Cup. That's coming up fast. So, that'll be fun. But, um... You know the rule. It's odds and evens. We're kicking us off with the pre-show. It's an odd number, so you're going first. 
we got a six-man tag team match where if the Hardys and Hook win, Matt Hardy will own Ethan Page's contract. We have the Hardys and Hook versus Ethan Page and the Guns. Who do you got in this one? So this is funny because <laughs> I really don't want this contract shit to continue going on. So I think I have to do Page and the Guns. But I don't think that's what they're going to do. <laughs> Yo, Matt's got a problem with contracts. He really does. So, so you're going the Hardys and Hook? I think so. I think that's the one that makes sense in the storyline, at least. I mean, if Zay was in it, I would say definitely 1,000%, because then we were going to get the Zay, Matt, and, and Ethan Page trio, and they were going to slowly turn Ethan Babyface. And they may still do that, but I just wish we had Zay there for that, because I would like to see the Moan event be an actual ta- tag team at some point. Agreed. Agreed. And I'm going to go the Hardys and Hook myself. I think that is a perfect pre-show match. Get people excited for for wrestling. Dude, the crowd's going to pop big for Hook's music. Well, the Hardy's music. Shit, that whole team's oh, yeah, music's going to get so much hype. They'll the shit out of the guns, and they'll pop big for the Hardy's and Hook. This is a great, great opening match. This makes the decision of putting the titles on the guns feel so good retroactively because they are the perfect bad guys for this moment. Yeah. So let's. Uh, I'm going to jump from the bottom and go up. Uh, we have no idea what the card's going to be in the order, but I'm going to use Wiki. So... We're going to open us up with the House of Black, which is Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews with Julie Hart as the champions first to be determined. So it's an open house six-man tag team championship match for the AW World Trios Championship. I think we're both in agreement. The acclaimed and daddy ass. That's who I see accepting. Unless you think someone different, you might. But um, I think it's going to be the acclaimed and Billy Gunn. And I have the House of Black retaining their championships. Uh, exactly the same i i think if they hadn't done the promo i might have just come up with some crackpot oh it's gonna be this team from new japan you know what i mean like because yeah but you know because there's some teams over there that aren't really doing anything right now but um you know but at this point i think like tmdk would be perfect for that spot you know what i mean just fuck it throw them in there you know i mean throw them in uh but uh yeah no i i i I think i would agree with you there 100 percent so we have an unsanctioned match where Sabu will serve as the special guest enforcer. Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho. What do you got? And what do you think of the program so far? The last one hasn't been a program. So what do you think of the build between Adam Cole and Chris Jericho so far? I think it's been um, a little rushed, I would imagine. They didn't have this plan instantly. But uh, other than the fact that it wasn't like being booked the last 12 weeks like a lot of the other things, they did build up Adam Cole to being on this show over the last 12 weeks. So I can't really say anything there we just didn't know who he was going to be facing and then about halfway through what we thought was sort of a build they put him in this feud and then brought in roddy so things worked out in the way that they needed to obviously i just didn't know where we were going at the time so i will dock the feud a little bit for that because i didn't know and i can't say that i fairly would have liked this if i didn't know who he was facing i was just like you know i like what adam cole is doing i remember literally saying that to you on a podcast every week Charlie. i like what he's doing where is he going you know what i mean um yeah we had like the 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 weird stare-offs and then it kind of broke into eventually his wife getting beaten right next to him while he's tied up that part of it as well as the the chase that he's been on for the last several weeks and finally getting the revenge last week on him i i like that i love the inclusions of roddy and um and daniel garcia as part of this as well um yeah i i um i'd say i'm i'd like the build but it could have been better Fair enough, fair enough. So who do you got in the match? Oh, Adam Cole, baby. Okay, Adam Cole, baby. Uh, this is our first uh, disagreement. I think I got Chris Jericho winning this one. 
And I don't know if it's going to be because of Sabu or what's going to happen, but unsanctioned gives me the Chris Jericho's winning vibes. But uh, with the build, you pretty much hit it right on the net, right of the coffin there. Um, it's been fine, I guess. It was slow at first, and then it got really rushed. Not really rushed. It got really fast. And But I've liked the matches we've had along the way. So for that part of it, you know, Roddy and Jericho was good. Roddy and Jericho was actually fucking awesome. So, yeah, I, I've liked the matches along the way. And, yeah, some of the promos have been a little, a little, a little slow, but that's okay. And you know what? This is a fair criticism. Jericho usually is really good on commentary and the build-ups to these, and I feel like he's been a little bit phoning it in. Yeah, the only bit tonight was a little, like, very little back and forth with Britt Baker. So much so I didn't even write it down. I barely remember what it was. But, yeah, like, very little. And he called a match at first. Um, okay, I'm up next. I, the singles match for the AWTBS Championship, Jade Cargill versus Taya Valkyrie. How's the feud been? Um, I would say for a Jade feud, it's been excellent. It's the first time she's in a legit program with someone who she's already faced. People might be thinking, really? Yes. Every other program, she's had the one match. No, seriously, out. we've reviewed every Jade program. It's the only one. And this is the first time. I've, I, it I, became I, a tentpole topic for me for like six months on this podcast. Yeah. And, and for the longest time, I have been, you know this, I've been saying, if Jade were to lose the title, it's going to be against someone who made her look weak at first. Not necessarily, like, made her look human is the better term in one match and then beats her the second time. Taya Valkyrie? She had her beat. She couldn't use the move. It cost her. That was the first time Jade's title reign has even looked vulnerable in the slightest. We're going into double or nothing. I got Jade Cargill retaining. Is that the right call? I don't know. I, I've gone back and forth on that like four times this past week. I, I even thought maybe a little bit earlier today, I was, I was envisioning Ty Valkyrie versus Chris Statlander for this title. Ty Valkyrie versus fucking you name it for this title. Give me jo- Jordan Grace. Just, just an hour ago, Soho, I was thinking her and Jordan, uh, Gra- Jordan Hikaru Grace. Shida, Yuka Sakazaki, Riho, uh, Marina and, Shafir, uh, 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 Nyla Rose, uh, Emi Sakura. And I, I, the thing I keep going back to is just about a lot of those women you just named, Jade hasn't faced yet. And I, 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 I just I refuse to believe they're going to do this without putting her against at least one of the super big dogs. You could say they did. Nyla Rose, she did beat Nyla Rose. And that is the highest level of competition she's beaten so far. I just, I got to think we're going to do a Riho, a Yuka, or a Hikaru. Someone, Britt Baker, you name it. It's got to be, he's got to face someone on that next level. They haven't done it yet. I think Taya Valkyrie is the first time she's looked vulnerable as a champion. And she might lose it the next time. But as of today, going into double or nothing, I got Jade Gargo retaining. What'd you think of this? Um, who do you got winning? And uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I have Jade as well. I I, th- I still think they don't know what to do with this title or this or this storyline whatever you want to call it this undefeated streak i hate undefeated no. streaks there there's there's they... would you be shocked if taya wins no 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 not really really no no i would oh, actually no, be but... very shocked 
I mean, so, the so reason the why I say no shot, is because they built it up in a way. This is the only time they built it up in a way where I thought they might. But it doesn't okay. mean that that's going to be the one where it does. Like, there was one other time when um, Ty Conti had her first match with her. And then in the second match, she just got dominated. So it didn't really matter. But that was the only other time. But even then, I remember us saying, but she's totally winning the next match. <laughs> like, so same thing. Yeah. Okay. So, but you think there's actually a chance Ty wins? I mean, I think there's always a chance that Tony realizes no, no, I, that Jade's not saying, everything Jade. that everyone cracks her up to be. I love Jade, but I don't think she's like this next level women's performer. I think she's got a, a thing around her like the acclaimed do, where she just creates an aura when she enters. You know what I mean? Okay. And but, but you don't need to have a title on that, though, or an undefeated streak or all this like baddies nonsense. If she just went out there and wrestled like an actual monster, then she would be over as a, an attraction in the same, not in the same way, in a better way than almost is. Okay. Because the, the point I'm getting to is in the past year, we thought there was zero chance she loses this thing. So the fact that we're both saying that there is a chance Taya wins, I am going to tell you right now, I'm going to be shocked if she does. That's going to be a legit surprise. And I, I genuinely think there could be this like, aha moment for Tony where he realizes that this this wrestler that he has in Jade Cargill doesn't need any of the accoutrements in order to be a big selling part of his show. It took him for like it took him until the, the claim lost the titles, I think, to realize it with them. You know what I mean? Like and now he yeah. books them like every other week or every week if he can because he knows. If he doesn't, he's just wasting his his insane talent that he has access to, you know, that people love. So yeah. I I think if he can realize what he has, then Jade can become the star of TBS. You know what I mean? Like they want her to clearly be, but she doesn't need to have their championship in order to be the star of TBS. That's just a convenient, you know, marketing thing for them right now. You know what I mean? Like it, I genuinely believe she would still be the face of of dynamite, even if she was just doing her thing without like, imagine I I could even deal with the undefeated streak if they hadn't had her go and win the title. Cause to me, that's just such a bad combo because there's no good way to end that and make it feel like, you know what I'm saying? Like kind of where we are right now, where she's about to be 60 and 0. But I think I kind of care about more who takes the title off her than whether or not she gets to 60 and 0 at this point. You've mixed those stories together, and now I don't know oh, where yeah. to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I definitely care more about the title than what number she's on. The numbers, it, numbers to me in in wrestling, little things like that. Yeah, it's kind of uh, title defenses are one thing, and you know, she's had a shitload, so I'll give her that. Okay. Anarchy, but you know what the though? There's match. a difference between the first 23 title defenses of her reign, because I'm sure she's had more than 23, and the 23 that we've had from Orange Cassidy. There's a difference. Oh, there's an un- unbelievable difference. Yes. Um, but Anarchy in the Arena match, Blackpool Combat Club, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta versus the Elite: Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, Hangman, Adam Page. Uh. It's an odd. So, what have you thought of the build? And uh, who do you got? Best build on the show, without a question. Best storyline yeah. going in AEW right now. I think that's been the BCC's MO since they started, and they continue to be it, especially now that they've got Brian Danielson back in the fold telling the story, uh, along with Moxley. I mean, did you see Moxley, or sorry, Danielson's face while Moxley was going off during that promo we mentioned earlier? He knows how good they are as a group with the two of them at the forefront. You know what I mean? It's only going to make Claudio better. It's only going to make Wheeler better. It's only going to make, if Takeshita joins, Takeshita better. And uh, that's what I have happening in this match, Charlie. Takeshita's joining the BCC, and he's betraying the elite in this match, and that's how they're going to win. Um, Everything you just said, I agree with. This program has been the one I care the most about. 
I'm hanging on to each and every little crumb that we get. The developments. Oh, and Hangman is stabbing Moxley in the eye for sure. Oh yeah. This, this has been going probably like, it's been going nearly the full, like 12 weeks. It's, it's been around there. It's been going long. This is the longest one actually because of Hangman and, and, and Moxley. That was already gone too long. This has probably been almost a year in the fucking making. Um, yeah, one of the bits of of the Jacksons uh, treating Wheeler Yuta like a young lion whipping boy is fucking great. I mean, give me Claudio and Kenny Omega. Oh my fucking god. Um, we're gonna have Kenny Omega and Danielson moments here. Kenny Omega and you name it moments. But yes, you get my point. Uh, the match is it, it's gonna be the best on the card. I think Anarchy in the Arena tends to be. Anyways, they know what they're doing with this shit. I believe it was my match of the year last year from a pay-per-view. And uh yeah, there's this is gonna steal this is the match I'm you looking for. You just gave me a great most. idea for a match for Dynamite. Uh, the the Dynamite after or the next Dynamite's after Anarchy in the Arena if they want to give it a week to sell the injuries. Uh give me Kenny versus Claudio for the ROH world title, please. Yeah. And I actually th- I uh, I got the combat club winning. I'm with you. I I've actually been thoroughly solid on that for about two weeks now. I feel like in my head, I've been like where this feud's been going. I think combat club need to win the first one. This is our feud of the summer and it's only just beginning. And I mean, these are fucking eight elite talents soon to be 10 elite talents. If we do end up getting Takeshita and Abushi, and count your fucking stars because we're getting some good programs this summer. Okay. Back to the evens or back to the whatever odds. <clears throat> Very curious to hear your thoughts on this singles match for the AW women's world championship. Jamie Hader versus Tony storm thoughts on the feud. And uh, who, who do you got? Okay. So this is the complicated one. So the feud has been shit. I'm going to be honest. It's not been that good. I've not been that into this. I've I've been fair to the outcasts. This has not been my th- favorite thing on AEW recently. Um, but it's the same thing for about a good seven eight weeks in a row. And if they had switched it up a little bit, I probably wouldn't have cared. You know what I mean? But it just felt like very much they. I think they realized that, and that's why they settled into just the normal feud at the end. You know what I mean? And I'm that 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 made it way more watchable the last several weeks. You know what I mean? Like, um. Not that it was unwatchable, but it just made it more so. You know what I mean? I was more excited yeah. to see what they were going to do with it. Um, if they, we had had the trios match, we probably would be a little more hyped for this. Um, but we didn't get that, unfortunately. The match they still have was good, but I'm sure some of the time got cut from it. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, not a great build. Um, still, it's going to be one of the best matches of the year in the women's division. So, I mean, you can't really complain about that, you know? Agreed. And this program has been going on. Brace yourself. Since October 12th, there has been mixes of this program going weaving in and out. At seven months. Seven months. And, uh, yeah, that pretty much goes back Good to Saray's debut. And, um, Saray, you know, Saray and Baker did their thing. And Sheeta and Tony Storm were the tag team. And you name it, they've been weaving in and out, in and out. For seven months. Um, I'm sorry. Who did you have winning? 
Oh, well, I, I got uh, J- Jamie retaining here, which will probably surprise you. Okay. Um, Probably until, like, two days ago, I thought for sure Jamie was, was keeping this title through Forbidden Door. Sounds like uh, neither Jamie nor Mercedes are working Forbidden Door. This this time of year wreaks havoc, wreaks hell upon wrestlers, apparently. And uh, I got Tony Storm being our first ever uh, two-time women's champion. And I think this could all lead to Jamie versus Tony at All In. I, I said it the day we did the predictions for All In. I had Mercedes holding the championship at the time. But I think Jamie Hader needs to become a two-time champion at All In, no matter how we get there. This is much earlier than I thought it would happen. But I think Rampage sealed the deal for me, where I have Tony retain, Tony winning this belt now. And we were just talking about it. She's been in fucking incredible again this year. She's by far been the best women signing AEW's ever had. And it's not even close. What she's done from the day she got in to now, I mean, it, it, countless programs, countless matches. There's an argument to be made that Britt Baker, Tony Storm, uh, Soraya, and Tony, and uh, sorry, and Jamie Hayter are the entire reason the women's division even gets treated seriously like it does now. Yeah, and you, da- yeah. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, we're gonna have some fun if that's the case. I picked I picked Tony here, and if that is the case, we're gonna have some fun talking about Jamie Hayter's title reign. So, okay, here we go. Evens now, so it's my turn. We got the twenty-one man battle royal for the AEW International Championship. Um. We have Orange Cassidy defending against Ricky Starks, The Butcher, The Blade, Bandito, Commander, Lee Moriarty, Big Bill, Ari Davari, Tony Nese, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, Kip Sabian, Ray Phoenix, Pento Zetamieto, uh Swerve Strickland, Brian Cage, Jay White, Juice Robinson, Keith Lee, and Dustin Rhodes. <sighs> How's the build been? Well, there hasn't really been a build. But if we were ranking the build upon its Orange Cassidy's it's journey been two as champion. Weeks. No, it's treated like it is a two-week build. Okay. It, it's fine for a two-week fucking Battle Royal build. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to hear anybody saying, and the build sucks. No, shut up. It wasn't a build. It was a two-week Battle Royal build. Shut up. Yeah. It hasn't really been a build, but it's been like, you know, Orange Cassidy's next title defense. So in my mind, the build has been Orange Cassidy's title defenses. So it's been a 10 out of 10. It's been the uh, Mandalorian of international championship reigns. where. Orange Cassidy's story is the fight. So this is just another fight on the plate. This is the way. And how do you walk out of a 21-man battle royale still champion? I'll tell you how. I'll tell you exactly how. But I'll wait till you do your prediction first. I just, I don't, I just, the only way I can see it that I've been trying to tell myself is the other feuds just get in the way of each other. And he slips through the cracks. But, mm, That's a factor. I'm not seeing it. I got... All right, who I, you got winning? I, I you even, got to fucking see a people to choose from. I can't even believe I'm going to say this. Because I don't want it to happen. Don't, got, don't, don't, I, don't. I got Dustin Rhodes. Okay, Dustin Rhodes. I thought you were going to say Brian the Cage. AW International Championship. And doing one last run in AEW. We know it's his last year. I mean, 
I nah, really you can't put the title you're supposed to fucking take to other countries to defend on the old guy. You can't do that. I really wanted to say swerve, but I'm gonna. Oh God, I, 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 you know what? I'm not even gonna marry to that idea. That's an idea, Dustin Rhodes. I, I got Orange Cassidy retaining. Fuck it. Fuck everything. Yes, come to the dark side. You know why I got Orange Cassidy retaining? Because the last thing I saw him do was scratch and claw and barely be able to hold on to that title of, you know what he's going to do? He's going to do the same thing. The other feuds are going to get in the way. And you know what he's going to do when he walks into Dynamite on Wednesday? You know who he's facing? What's that? Shingo fucking Takage. Oh my god. Yeah, he's going to die in that match. You know what? It's worth it. He might actually be killed. So we both have him retaining. Correct. I I I had Dustin Rhodes in my head for like a week, and I'm just I can't. The time came, and I shit the bed. I'm sorry. Okay, you're up next. Uh, <laughs> ladder match for the AW TNT Championship: Wardlow versus Christian Cage. Christian wins. Uh, thoughts on the feud, and uh, you got Christian winning? No, no, Wardlow's retaining. It's been shit, and I don't want to talk about it. I got Warlow retaining too. Wasn't Christian buried? Was literally buried. I mean, not just buried by Jungle Boy on the mic, like, but he was actually buried. Okay, just making sure, just just setting that ground, that ground, the ground. Get me the last. So remember, if if Wardlow loses, he lost to the guy that got physically buried. <laughs> uh, I will say this though, just to give it some credit, last week was the best thing that they did. It was a fun little seven minutes. Outside of that. Really, really not my favorite build that we've ever had. And that's kind of been the story of the TNT Championship. So what you're saying is that if he was given even less time, you'd like him more? Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm up. Tag team match for the AW World Tag Team Championship. FTR versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. The feud to me, surprisingly well. Um, I thought every segment actually kicked ass. Uh, take me back to the chicken farm. I love that. Um, yeah, I mean, even this week with adding that other element of Mark Briscoe, since he's serving as a special guest referee, I thought that was nice. I got FTR retaining. Um, I mean, come on, it's FTR. I, I've been saying I want this to be the start of a generational tag team run. I want this to be the tag team run that we look at. Be like, yeah, they beat everyone and they fucking deserve to beat everyone. Because if last year proved to us anything, it can be done with these guys. So uh, what do you think of the program and who do you got? Yeah, it's a better program than I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, they, they used everybody in it to their fullest effect. Like you said, that chicken farm segment. It's one of my favorite segments they've ever done, you know. Um, I think it is my favorite segment of the year this year. Probably so far, yeah. I'd say, yeah, honestly, I can't think of anything that's been better, to be honest with you. Maybe the uh, there was a... Um, was the rap segment that they did against uh did the acclaim did against them this year as well or was that last year? Mm, might have been this year. Uh, either way, they either way same group of people, so that tells you a lot right there. Um, but um, yeah. So uh, I hate to do it to him, Charlie. No shot. I think this is the Dax podcast punishment match, Charlie. I think they're no getting way. sent over to Collision with no championships. I think for standing by CM Punk and by doing it publicly, they're getting punished here. And Mark Briscoe is turning heel and handing the championships over to Triple J. If they do it right, it could be awesome. I'd be unbelievably shocked. 
but oh, with how much emotion we had of them winning the title, I just I I that's what it, makes it a, even more poignant. That would be a hard ticket to sell me, but you know what? I respect the pick. I respect the pick. Um, Plus, okay. they've already had a longer title reign than their last one. I think it's damn near close. If it isn't, main event. You know where this is going. You're up. We got a four way pillars match for the AW. What World Charlie? I thought the main event was Anarchy in the Arena. That's a real match with a real storyline. <laughs> we have. Did you see that discourse? We did not bring it up on this show, but have you seen no. that? Oh no! Are people saying this this match hasn't had a storyline? No, no, no. What they're saying is that this match doesn't oh. deserve to be main event. That, that oh, Anarchy in the sake. Arena should main event the show. I was gonna say this. This has had way too many storylines. There's been 18 inside one fucking four man program. Um, yeah, the but, argument is well, the world title should be the main event. Yeah, but this world title match is a fatal four way, so it shouldn't be the main event. You should put Anarchy in the Arena in the main event because it's the bigger match. Yeah, no, in AEW, our world title main events. I mean, unless I don't even know if it hasn't. Has it? I would have to like look through all the track records unless the world champion was like out. I don't even know. It always main events. Um, but who do you got? You got anything? Got anything cooking up? Or is Jared? Is Lethal in? J- That's a big one. Is Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal the big the big shocker? Or do you got someone else winning this world championship? No, that one was just for fun because I think it could actually happen. You know what I mean? I don't think it's actually going to happen though. Um, I think FTR are going to get a long title run probably. Hopefully, I don't, I don't know why they would sign those contracts <laughs> otherwise. You know what I mean? Like, um, not that it was going to be guaranteed, but we all know it was kind of part of the negotiation. Let's be real. Um, uh, maybe it was. I'm just an asshole, but that's how I look at it. So maybe Dax will go on a new podcast and tell and tell everyone how much of a dick I am for saying that, but. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, um, I mean, yeah, I just, you know, I, we, we had this discussion like a week ago on the podcast, Charlie, is there any, if you were going to put a championship on somebody else, it, is there any argument that any of the other three pillars are a bigger star heading into forbidden door than MJF? And I just don't see the argument for any of them right now. Yeah. And I'll I'll even add to that. I don't think any of them. I, I'm not sure any of them have even raised their stock from the day they started this program. I mean, I would really have to try and look at online perception. Maybe you can make the argument for Sammy. I think Sammy started to win people over. So I'll I'll even I'll disprove my own my own fucking topic I just brought up. But no, it's MJF's got to win this. MJF's our champion. I think. MJF being champion at Forbidden Door is going to be awesome. And I would really like to see MJF defend the world title in a singles match against a New Japan pro wrestling talent. Like, fuck it, Naito. I don't care. Give me someone that's a proven New Japan pro wrestling talent. Yeah, I mean, the only problem with that is he doesn't like New Japan. So he might actually drop the title before Forbidden Door purposefully. That would shock me. I, I got to imagine MJF wants to wrestle the best in the world. So that's that's the thing. He doesn't think New Japan is good. That's I've heard him say this. Now you could say, well, he's in character. Okay, but why would he say that in character though? Because that's not really what you say about things that you want to have a feud with. You don't say, oh, they're the shits. I don't like them. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that that could be another element playing into this. But I mean, a lot of them would dog walk him. So I guess in a way. If if he is keeping it a shoot there, 
they'll sh- maybe they'll shoot right back and uh, whoop his ass a little bit in that ring. So uh, we'll see. But um, I would really like to see him in a singles match at Forbidden Door. That that to me is actually important. Seeing our world, both world titles should be defended in a singles match. So I don't want them in tag teams. None of that bullshit. Both world titles defended. Give me Sonata. Give me MJF. Two separate matches. Fuck it. Send it in. And that's it for Double or Nothing, guys. So I hope you enjoy the predictions. Um, it, I, I'm honestly interested in seeing what anyone else is predicting. So if you want to toss it over on a Twitter, be like, hey, I I love your guys' idea about uh, fucking the House of Black, that match. Maybe you'll be like, hey, Dustin Rhodes is actually going to win this thing. Go ahead, let us know. Eat, sleep, elites to Twitter. We'd love to hear back and uh, hear what your thoughts are on that. That being said, thanks everyone for hanging out with us this entire time. We ended up hitting our normal show length, tossing on the predictions at the end. So I think that uh, ended up working out for what we were thinking. And any other closing thoughts you have for the people standing at home or driving in the car or on the beach? Yeah. Yeah.